0: The grizzly reaper mowing. Yes, the danger must be growing. For the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. <laughs> oh, make him stop, Hooker,
1: okay, this has gone far enough. Quite right,
0: sir, stop the boat.
1: episode, Young Frankenstein. Hey guys, this is Ryan from the world.net and I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? And uh, together we make up the Blood and Black Rum podcast. Yeah, we do. We're on episode 35 this week, uh, and we've been going at it, you know, we started out like bi-weekly, kind of. And like, we have a mix. It yeah, depends it was on like a mix it was like, when when do we get a chance to, to do the podcast? But we've been doing it weekly from for almost, what? you know, like, since the summer, right? Start of the summer. Probably. Probably, because we did a Jeff Goldblum month. We did take one week off here uh, not too long ago, because we had to kind of regroup after the Jeff Goldblum month and see Suicide Squad, which... Why did we bother? <laughs> um, and then, as, mu- no- as, mu-
0: as much as I just, like, to harp on that film. As we do, like, it's like, it's I feel like, like
1: we br- we brought it
0: up it's in every episode the, it's since the, we saw it. <laughs> It's the theme. It's gonna We're going to have callbacks, like episode 300. Like, you know, back to suicide. <laughs> yeah, I know, at least this film
1: isn't Suicide Squad. But,
0: um, you know, as awful as that film was and as much as I hate it and detest and loathe it, I'm actually, I w- am glad I saw it.
1: Now you know what, now you know what everybody's talking about.
0: Cause now, well, no, I don't. Cause no, nobody I know except you has seen the film. So.
1: <laughs> well, you said that some of our friends have seen it and they actually kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, but I didn't really talk too much in depth about it, too. Cause Probably because their opinion will infuriate you and, and they say, well, yeah, it was pretty good. And, and it's like, I'll, well, why was it good? Like, I, why did you think it was and good? And
0: then I'd flip, and I'd flip out and yeah. be like, you're like, yeah. Makes me think. We're of, always right. That's <laughs> Makes me think of the, I saw somebody post on Facebook, it's like an old Onion article. Somebody posted like, Dad shows uh, her daughter culturally significant musicians and artists, so she'll be out of touch with her generation. It's like a picture of him like like showing her like a like giving her like a Talking Heads LP, and it's just like, and he's like, uh, you know Orson Welles, John Luc Goddard. These are things I want my daughter to know. Anyone who wants to be culturally relevant should know these things. <laughs> yeah, I love I like the
1: Talking Heads. So do I. I love the talking. Home is where I want to be. Don't even be, don't even try to do (laughs) David Byrne. No, I was really close.
0: (laughs) but But no, like, so like, yeah, that's, that's how I kind of feel like going into a film like that. It's like watching, it's like, what, like, how can anybody like this? And then if I had to
1: talk to somebody about it, I'd just probably get infuriated. That's true. That's true. But we're not here to talk about Suicide Squad again. We're actually here on a somber occasion. Uh, unfortunately, the other day we lost Gene Wilder, who is a, uh, a classic veteran actor. That is. And I know, uh, Martin has a nice, uh, you have a, I mean, I, I like Gene Wilder as an actor, but I think you appreciate him even more so than what I would consider, you know. It.
0: Yeah, my, my, I mean, I think most of us, especially from our generation, would not instantly Recognize him as you know Willy Wonka and Willy, Willy Wonka. Wonka. Definitely, yeah.
1: I mean, and that's the proliferation of the meme too. Not just because people would have seen Willy Wonka, because probably at our age, I would say not everybody has seen Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder in it. Of our age, I would, I would say yes. I would have to argue no. I would say it's your
0: like when it hits your sister's age where it becomes more the Tim Burton shit fest. I don't
1: know. I would. Of, have, I would. Yeah. I mean. I guess that. I would. I
0: see. I. I don't know anybody. I, our, that. I don't know anybody our age that hasn't seen the
1: '70s Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And I don't know if I agree with that though. They play it
0: all the time on ABC Family, or mm-hmm. they used
1: to. That doesn't mean that everybody. No, now they play the Johnny Depp version. Well, see, that wouldn't have our generation because who that's the hell? Because who? The,
0: who the hell from our generation so we're is watching
1: it, it was watching Free It wasn't ABC Family at this time when they were playing that. It was Fox Family. Mm. Yeah. Um, but do they do, does, do they change their name every two years? Yeah, it's years? pretty much a generational thing. Like, oh, you know, we're
0: a Fox family now. We're ABC now. We're Freeform, and then we're gonna be Free Frame. Like, you know, the I'm pretty years. sure
1: that everybody at a certain point is like trying to sell it off because the pro, they can't. For I'm just imagining. This is kind of off topic. I'm imagining, like, there's a programmer there that has, like, tenure. They just cannot get rid of them. <laughs> and the programmer's like, no, we're going to play Harry Potter this week. And they're like, you just played the marathon last week. I'm like, no, we're going to play it again. And they just have no control over what this program does. So, they're like, we need to sell this as well, quickly not, as know, possible I... to the next channel. Like the... Well, as I was <laughs> to say, it's funny because. They, uh, I,
0: I I never watched original programming either, but I know they had, like, a couple of them. Like, Greek, which is probably supposed to be, like, a Degrassi, but it's not, like, you know, Nickelodeon. It's their version. And I remember, too, like, um, for the longest time, like, when they would air, re- like, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. After that, Seventh Heaven,
1: three-hour marathon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's what I said. I think they have one programmer. <laughs> who is just adamant, like, nope, we're playing a marathon of Harry Potter. We're going to play every single Johnny Depp he's, movie. He, he's, he's been working in TV since Walter Cronkite back in, yeah. you know. And they're just like, we can't get rid of this guy. Like, literally, we're just going to have to sell this to somebody else to deal with it. Because uh, The 13 Days of Halloween, we're going to play the same things over and over. Beetlejuice, Harry Potter, because it has a Halloween scene in it. We'll get the Adams Family in there a little bit. Uh, then great, more Harry Potter again. That's a great movie. Don't, don't, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> that's not a good movie. I'm saying that ABC Family was known for their 13 Nights of Halloween, the playing old, the exact same well, goddamn, goddamn same, movies well, every night. <laughs>
0: well, it's the same thing through the Christmas, the 25 yeah, exactly, days of Christmas. Yeah.
1: Hey, just repeat those old claymation videos during like, the day.
0: That that strikes harder with me. With like Spike TV. And the Bond marathons, and they first started doing that the, was all
1: over the place. The, yeah. the Bond
0: Christmas marathons—they actually played like every Bond film. Yeah. Almost like there was one year they actually played my second favorite Bond film, which each year gets closer and closer to becoming my favorite one. I mentioned before, Honor, Majesty's Secret Service," which mm. stars George Lazenby. That's like they played it once, and I remember like they used to, they used to play constantly, like all the different Bond films. It was great. And then by the third year, it was just the same fucking Roger Moore films and the, like Pierce Brosnan and then in Go- yeah. Goldeneye yeah. and that and the world is not enough and that was it and it's like I don't want to watch like really out of all the Roger Moore films you're playing it's Moonraker really Moonraker Yep. I don't want to watch this shit. Especially seeing as Moral, he had two good Bond films, but it's like, yeah, you know, like you pick, you pick, the, you pick the shitty ones to play. That's right. And so like it became like something that I became excited as a kid. Like the Bond marathon's yeah. coming up, and it's like, oh, oh mm-hmm. they're gonna plucked
1: pl- it up again. They're gonna play Moonraker again. God damn it! <laughs> All right, I'm gonna reel us back here because we we kind of got off on a tangent there about complaining about television channel programming. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I. I I want to say that I think a lot more people just know Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka from that meme. I think that's like the biggest thing, the meme that's, you know, like, tell me again. <laughs> uh, I mean, I do love the meme. I love the meme. I think that it's great because it really highlights Gene Wilder's more sarcastic side. He, def- he certainly has one. I mean, throughout all of his films, he has a, a you know, it, not even so much sarcastic as more just like... um I, I, like, I, I don't know how I'd describe it. No, it's not sarcastic, but it's, like, uh... Playful douchiness. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And it's, like... Because that, that's what that meme reminds me. Cause yeah. It, it, um,
0: which, that meme is hilarious. I and mean, you can put almost anything into it of him just sitting there with his hand on his chin, kind of relaxing about it. Oh, tell me about how, you know, such and such, like, her
1: yeah, and it is. It, it is a funny meme. I love but, that. I mean, I definitely, I certainly don't think that Gene Wilder had a problem with it. I think that he probably would have found it pretty funny, myself. Oh, I, mean, I can't speak for the man though. But um, it's, a, it's 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 sad to see that uh, Gene Wilder passed away. But he was eighty three. He had a nice long life. Um, had a great illustrious uh, film career. Um. Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about a little bit uh, before we get into our main feature. Um, and like I said, you know, you you are more the the bigger Gene Wilder fan. You know, you love Blazing Saddles. You brought that up. That's you, you actually it? wanted to do that film rather than yeah. the one that we we chose yeah. for this. I I, I think Blazing Blazing
0: Saddles. If it's not my favorite comedy of all time, it's in the top three. Mm-hmm.
1: Blazing Saddles hilarious. See, I. And I think the fact that you also, as a Western fan, don't put it... I do find it funny. I've only seen it one time, so I haven't, you know, I've, I've seen it once. Um, I do find it funny. I just remember not finding it as funny. Well, as some... well
0: How old were you when you watched it?
1: I don't know. It was only a few years ago.
0: I think if you watched it now, you, I think Maybe. you'd have like a greater respect Maybe. for it. Maybe. That's true. Because that, like, as a kid, is, I watched it and thought possible. it was funny, and then when I watched it when I was older, it's like, I get that joke even, like, that's funny. Like, like as a yeah. kid, how am I supposed to sit there and laugh at the Hedley-Lamar jokes that are constant throughout the film, of like, Harvey Corman constantly going, you know, okay, Hadley, it's Hedley, it's Hedley. I'm not, you know, nuts, I wouldn't, because I'd be like, What? the only thing I can connect that to as a kid would be like the Hey Arnold episode where Grandpa Phil's like, oh, I should have married Hedley or Lamar when I had a chance. I'd be like, who the fuck is that? I don't know who that is. And then when I'm older, oh, that makes more sense. Type of thing, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I I, I did like it. I just, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was uh, when I watched it. It's
0: still my, it's... Blazing Saddles is still my favorite Mel Brooks film. And that's saying a lot, too, because the film that we're doing today, Young Frankenstein, yep, I love as well. And the producers, I also love as well. And I also have, despite what... And I love, I don't know if you've seen it, History of the World Part 1. That doesn't have mm. Gene Wilder, but that's hilarious. I have not seen it. And um a lot of people don't like it as much, but it's something that I kind of hold dear to from watching as a kid. Mm. It used to air it all the time on Comedy Central, too, is, uh... Mel Brooks' Robin Hood, Merry Men, Tights.
1: Yeah, which and that I, one is not my favorite. Either.
0: Well, it's not my favorite either. But I, yeah. st- I, I don't know. A lot of people don't think it's that funny. I, st- I
1: think it's funny. I, I still. Yeah, like, I, I can't I, say that I think it's entirely that funny. Um, I do think it is. You know, it has its moments, but as funny as. I wouldn't even say that it's as funny as Blazing Saddles. No, or, no, uh, I'm not. I'm not no, I'm not
0: saying it's anywhere near that. I'm still saying a lot of people don't like it. I can sit there and say I I like it and mm. I think it, I do think it's funny. But is it? No, it's not like it's not
1: space ball's good. Mm. <laughs> no, it's not spaceballs good. But um, we're getting off topic a little bit here. Mel Wilder didn't. Or, uh, Mel Mel Wilder, <laughs> Mel Brooks didn't die. Gene Wilder did. Well, he may be soon. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Oh, I goodness. hate I hate to say it, but Mel Mel is old. He is. Yeah, he he's really old. He's old as shit as well. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, yeah. What do you think your favorite Gene Wilder movie is? Um. Perfor- I know you love the producers.
0: Performance wise. Probably, probably Young Frankenstein. Um, I like I said, like I, I may like like, and this is like something like with Mel Brooks, I can agree with. Like, I think probably for like Mel Brooks' like film canon, his best film overall, like quality wise, mm-hmm. is probably Young Frankenstein. I don't think it's just funniest though. I think Blazing Saddles is hilarious, but I think like with uh, Young Frankenstein, the attention, the detail, and how like nuanced it is. And, like, that parody and callback and homage to universal horror films of the 30s. Mm. It's so well done. So, like, right on the nose. That it makes it probably Mel Brooks' best film. But uh, And I think, too, I think Gene Wilder's best performance is probably in Young Frankenstein. He's terrific. Mm-hmm. It, because, because well, As much like I said, as much as I love Blazing Saddles and think it's hilarious, I think more of, like, Harvey Corbin's kind of, like little bits and Cleavon on little too and
1: so i mean yeah i think young frankenstein's yeah probably his best no i was just looking here and i see that um gene wilder's one of his films was uh, haunted honeymoon which i felt like i had seen and looking further into it i don't think i actually have but it is very similar to another film um that stars um Steve Gutenberg, and um, I, the film is called High Spirits. It has a very similar premise to Haunted Honeymoon. Uh, I love so that you're comparing Gene Wilder I'm to I'm not Steve comparing Guttenberg. Steve. I mean, they do have curly hair. One's a talented actor. <laughs> <laughs> the other, <is> it? <laughs> Steve Gutenberg, you're talking about, is the talented actor, right? <laughs> yeah, Big Green. Um, Deputy Dogs in Love. Casper, A Spirited Beginning. Um, Police Academy. I wrote, Was it, the robot one? Oh, Short Circuit. Short Circuit. He had an illustrious career, too. How is he not dead? Why would he be dead? He's not that old. I don't know. Over- he was in Sharknado 4. I missed it. Oh, and he's going to be in 2 Lava, 2 Is that air yet? What the hell is two lava? Too late? It aired. It already aired. Is that a sci-fi movie? Yeah, Lava Lanchula was the sci-fi movie, and was then that's about, the sequel. What is it about lava? Yeah, tarantula? like a, yeah, like a lava tarantula. That's yeah. oh my god. But back to, <laughs> but back to Gene Wilder would probably he's probably really he's rolling over to his grave right now. He's like he's tuning in. Is listen. he in a grave yet? Oh,
0: he's lit. He's listening, and he hears that you compared him to Steve fucking Gutenberg. <laughs> I didn't compare him. Why do you just
1: compare him to Bronson Pinchot while you're at it? I didn't compare him to Steve Gutenberg. I said the films that they were in, hit Gene Wilder's written and directed Haunted Honeymoon, and Steve Gutenberg's acted High Spirits, they're very similar in, in their premises. That's all I'm saying. Alright, let's take a break uh, to discuss the beer that we're drinking, and then we'll hop into today's feature... Uh, which is Young Frankenstein. So, what do you got for us today? What do you got?
0: I have for us, continuing the Oktoberfest theme, I have for us uh, something we both never had. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Two Roads Oktoberfest,
1: which is their take on the traditional Mars and Salve lager. And the two is in the Oktoberfest because it's two roads, so it's literally written as a two. Oh, yeah. Um I've never
0: seen any two roads up around here before. They're a Connecticut-based yeah, brewery.
1: Stratford, Connecticut.
0: Um but when I went to go get something for us for the podcast, I saw they had a whole bunch of them on the shelf, not just this, but like a bunch of other other beers. And I thought I'd get it cuz I'm like, well, never seen that one before. Let's give it a try. Give it a whirl. See how it is. And I'd say it's a traditional American style. Leidenbrust! That terrible. That's great. No, that was terrible.
1: Leidenbrust! <laughs> Is that
0: worse. better? <laughs> that's, that's even worse. Is that better? Is that... You gotta watch uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Is that Heroes. generic German? You gotta or... watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes and watch Japanese people say, Brose it! And, you know, they're Japanese slash Thank German you for accent. messing
1: up the microphone there as you Whoa. toasted... P- your beer
0: well i'm sorry but somebody was being angrily german
1: over yeah there. i was being generic angry german well i take offense to the that. language is angry i take offense to that um yeah so i like the i like the two roads Oktoberfest. uh it i would say like what i was explaining it to you before i i, I said i i said it's lighter but I mean the, the mouth feel. Like the lager feel of this is lighter and than it, what I had tried with a previous beer.
0: I I, I, I disagree. To me, it's actually pretty, like, it's very malty. Got a nice caramel. It is malty, yes. Nice caramel undertone. Um, I would say it's a little bit, like, basically, this is like more of like a little bit sophisticated Jenny Oktoberfest. Because it comes in a 16-ounce uh, pint glass. I mean, can, my bad. We didn't pour it into a... No, we did not. Because uh, we're not fancy enough. Ryan doesn't have a nice... I don't have a stein. I have several steins at my house. Yeah. That's because I have German background. With your shitty Einprots. But, um... <laughs> but it's, um... It is... Like, I would compare it mostly to a genuine Oktoberfest, but more, a little bit more complicated in its uh, taste and malts. mm um, I like it a lot, but I like Oktoberfest as in general.
1: I think it's closer to like uh more traditional German. I don't, I don't know. I I think you it's. You don't think so? No, I think it's very, very like it
0: like, it's like a Hofbräu. Now I think it's very much uh, malty and caramel, more on the American side. Like you when you taste this, you that. taste you taste crumpled leaves. Mm. How about from, that? from
1: the nice oak tree. I don't know if I agree on that one. I don't know if I agree on this one. No. you're wrong. So you're tasting wrong. The one that I brought today, which was also new, um, was a uh, Ballast Point Oktoberfest. Break that wallet out. That's right. <laughs> this was a six pack for twelve bucks, so it's two dollars. Well, beer.
0: they they know they because um we reviewed Ballast Point's uh. Habanero sculpin, yep. Which w- that was not cheap at all. I still have one sitting in my room. It just sits on my desk. I'm like one day I will feel like I need to get to like yeah. I like I need like I'm like one day I will drink you habanero IPA. Just not
1: anytime soon because I'm not in the mood for you. And just so you know that that uh, that Ballast point is called the Dead Ringer. So it's got a cool little picture of a of a pirate py- skeleton pirate on it because balance points entire theme is like nautical. Not like ocean and ships and fish, fish. So uh, this one's uh and they like they like uh, skeleton pirates too. So this one, this has got a skeleton pirate on it and he's got a stein in one hand and he's got a pretzel in the other, you know. Traditional Oktoberfest fair <laughs> <laughs> No, just to get a little off topic.
0: If you 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 shop at Hannaford, mm-hmm. our local grocery store. Have you bought mayonnaise from there? Uh, I don't know. Have you have you seen the Hannaford brand mayonnaise? No. The label has on the front for their Hannaford brand mayonnaise. Let me repeat that. Mayonnaise! They have on the front mayonnaise with a little bit of chives in it and a hard pretzel, like a soft pretzel like that being dunked into that. And I every time I see that, I think, WHO THE FUCK! dips their hard, their soft pretzel into
1: mayonnaise i don't care if it has chives in it i love chives but like who who does that yeah i'm just trying to think of like what are they imagining like is it like supposed to instead of like mayonnaise they're thinking it's like cream cheese or something be even worse well I I can see like cream cheese That's and pretzels a, uh, I can see that it's just similar to a bagel uh, it's similar like I don't you like say uh, like pretzels are similar to a bagel but no one is going around junking mo- things into mayonnaise unless it's like turkey I know my mom dunks turkey in a mayonnaise. I mean, so I, I, I'm not going around dunking anything like, I like, anything like, in I,
0: mayonnaise. like I, I like mayonnaise. But I never thought like, you know what? My soft pretzel? I'm dunk it. Like it's like no mustard. Well, or, like, next time you gotta try it. I, I it's it bottled yeah. because like, I, I have like gross. I have a bottle of it at my house and I was like looking at it, I'm like, like, like who who the fuck does this? I noticed it, like, a year ago when they had, like, a big display out front for, like, a man, like, they had, like, their mayonnaise on sale, and they, had like, I'm like, man. I looked at them, like, who the who, like, has a pretzel on it, who dunks, like, why don't you have a sandwich like, a turkey club, like, put your mayonnaise on your turkey club to give it that yeah.
1: nice, you know, hmm. Yeah, that's, that's just gross.
0: that is, to this day, boggles my mind whoever made that is now granted pounds. if <laughs> <laughs> granted, if you actually do that please enlighten tell yeah, us tell wa- us i want to know because maybe i'll give it a try back well this guy like says you know i i i heard like um some people might find me stupid but i remember watching on espn like around the horn and one of the contestants that's been there fucking since the dawn of time woody page was saying how you should have coke and peanuts put peanuts in your coke it's like mm. an old Southern treat, and I tried that once. wasn't too bad. Was it good? It's hmm. supposed to be like a salty and sweet. It doesn't. It didn't really work out that, that well. Why but, don't
1: you just pop a peanut and then, and then take a swig? Yeah. What's the point of? But he was it saying dropped. like
0: put the put put the peanuts in your coke and drink it like yeah, that. That's weird. And I tried it. And I was like, I wouldn't do it again. But I, I can kind of see where that's going. But I mean, like I a pretzel know. and mayonnaise. Yeah.
1: I uh, that's not. That doesn't sound good.
0: Maybe if your pretzels infused with meat, cheese, and bacon in
1: it, then mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Dunk that shit in mayonnaise, you know. But but back to that ballast point. Oktoberfest is pretty good. Uh, I like it quite a bit. I seem to think it's quite malty and, and, and it has a bitterness to it that I I, I enjoy. Um, not super. I would say that it's not like uh, like Sam Adams Oktoberfest that we out. It's not worth 12 fucking
0: plus bucks a 6 pack. So. No, I think it's pretty good. I, I liked it. I liked it, but I wouldn't say it's 12 fucking bucks a 6 pack. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd rather get this again. Yeah. I'd rather get Two Roads again. I'd rather drink Jenny Oktoberfest. I'd rather drink Sam's Oktoberfest. I'd rather drink Saranac's Oktoberfest. I liked it, but it just, like, there's nothing to me that, about Bale's Point's Oktoberfest that made me go, ooh, and ah about it. No, just, I think
1: it was considerably different.
0: I I think I it was, liked it. I thought it was just the same old same old American style. Nothing new going on I there. I thought it was
1: a little bit more go go back to
0: your fruity deeper. Your your fruity IPAs.
1: It was a little deeper than a normal like your normal Oktoberfest. What does
0: California know about Oktoberfest? <laughs> no, no. Nothing. I, I don't know. trust my rich white folk from Connecticut. They I mean, haven't, haven't seen the
1: sun in twelve years. Would I pay twelve dollars again for it? Probably not. It was a special treat, but I liked it for what it, I like it for what it is. I still got a, got four out there, so take it ten years to get there. <laughs> nah, these all drink pretty fast. These will be fine. Um. Alright, let's get into it. Let's get into Young Frankenstein. 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 Young Frankenstein. So, we had a discussion about, you know, after, like, a debate about which Gene Wilder film we were going to cover. And you really want to do Blazing Saddles. Yeah. And I pretty much promoted Young Frankenstein for and I kind of shouted it was texting but I shouted over you it's like young frankenstein and then you were like you want to do that and I was like young frankenstein so i was kind of the 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 one who chose young frankenstein but that's because i prefer it and i prefer it because i am a lover of horror movies and i think that this lends itself very well to the horror discussion because it's a great parody of Universal monster movies, and and that I agree
0: with. I um, as, even though I'm not the biggest horror fan, I have seen uh, plenty of Universal. Yeah, you've seen
1: like original Dracula, the original
0: Frankenstein, universe, yep. sequels, Wolfman, The Mummy. You know, I've seen them. So, I and I like all those films too. I I like that classic chiller feel. Mm-hmm. I love the black and white white aesthetic, and. Just the overall tone and mood they set.
1: You like Boris Karloff
0: and. Bella Lugosi. Yep. But, um. I mean, I. I like I said, I think Blazing Saddles, I think that's like one of the funniest films ever made. So that to me was the reason why I chose it. But. Seeing so as we're more of a horror podcast, I totally understand what Young Frankenstein. And it's not a bad choice either, because Young
1: Frankenstein is also a fantastic film. It is. It's really good. And, um. Throughout the the beginning of the film, there's actually, you know, it's hard to see that it's going to be a parody. You know, right at the beginning when there's that initial scene where you're. Well, I think
0: if you if you know Mel Brooks, you know. Yes. You know, that's true. <laughs> you're not know, you know, going into the film like after watching Get Smart, Blazing Saddles to producers like, oh, he's going to do like, it's forty years since they've done like a film like this. They're going to go for a serious chiller
1: that's true but at the same time i do feel like it does have its moments that it, it you know it could be directly out of a universal monster movie
0: well like, like i said i think um i think mel and jean i mean i almost feel like i don't know if they've ever said it but i almost feel like they had they like, had to have sit down i mean one i imagine they both love that like love those films of the period I would think
1: so because this is more like a Like a... Homage. Yeah, reverence to those films. It's it's more of
0: an homage than it is a parody. I think, though, like, they had to while they were watching the script. They had... uh, Writing the script, I mean, they had to have been, like, watching, like, all of, like, those films from, like, the early 30s to the the mid-40s. Yeah. The Universal Chillers and watching them and going, like... Okay, they wiped... They do this wipe for this kind of scene. They use this wipe kind for that kind of scene. Because they nail, in yeah. this film, the, the the tone and the vibe of a traditional universal monster film entirely. The film starts out, like, is perfect though much. It's like, you know, you get the lightning and the young Frankenstein. And then, like, with the quiet, you know, classical music playing with, you know, the title cards... Like they were saying like starring, you know. Remind you know like you can instantly like, if you've ever watched like Dra- like Bella Lugosi's Dracula, instantly like connect to like oh that's like with Dracula yeah and like with uh Swan Lake and the uh, the opening credits totally can connect to that and I think they hit that vibe and that tone perfectly. Like you when you watch those opening credits, it does feel like you're watching. A film from that period
1: mm-hmm. yeah you're getting a lot of those like you said the train the camera transitions, the editing transitions the you get a lot of wipes you get you get like a cross horizontal wipe you get diagonal wipe you get fade to black um a lot of those C- get- scenes just like scenes just then they fade away and, yeah.
0: and then it's not like a swift transition it's like oh now we're doing this now
1: yeah great it's and you know this film was uh, made in 1974 that's not the norm for those types of films they certainly were doing that purposefully and it's great to see that this is a film that's made with by people who really appreciate the craft that was put into those universal monster movies and i think that's why a lot of horror fans and specifically really appreciate young frankenstein because it's 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 a parody certainly but it's also uh, clearly appreciative of what came before, of how it in how those films influenced, you know, horror genre movie making in general, movie making history. Um, so that's why it stands out to me. That's you know, Young Frankenstein uh, is not always as funny as some of other some of the other films. Not as funny as uh, some of Mel Brooks's other films. Spaceballs, I think, is probably the funniest film to me. And you haven't even seen a Star Wars film. No. Well, I mean, yes, and, yes, and no. Oh. I have seen some parts of Star Wars. Films. You haven't seen actually. Yes, I, I have actually. Don't remember which one it was. Saw it in theaters when it was re-released. It's probably New Hope then. Probably New Hope. Yep. I don't man,
0: I, I, I would feel pretty shitty. Like, all right, you haven't seen any films so taking you to Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I
1: think <laughs> it might have been New Hope, um, but I, yeah, I think that you know Spaceballs is probably the funniest film to me, even though it stars Bill fucking Pullman, Mister Anti Charisma. Doesn't bother me. I think it's pretty funny. I mean, I'm not I don't want
0: anti-charisma not, for that because well, I'm not saying the film's not funny because it is hilarious and I love spaceballs. I'm just saying Bill Pullman is the antithesis of Chris. He yeah. is. That's why Jeff Goldblum is in Independence Day. He is the charisma to drive the film. Yeah. Bill Pullman and I guess Will Smith a little bit, but Bill Pullman's your I have no charisma. Him and Bill Paxton both are like black ho- black holes of charisma. Like anything fun and loving and in, like joy, just
1: sucked in and gone away. Do you think his family are like you know? <laughs> Hust, Bill, do you, do you want to stay home today? And we'll go do some fun stuff. We'll go to the movies. Like no, no, I'll go. You're like great, we're right. gonna, <laughs> great. We're not gonna have fun now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think Young Frankenstein is like the funniest of Mel Brooks' films. I think that it's it, it has those moments that are very funny that are intentionally funny, and then it has those more subdued moments where you know the comedy isn't you know very dry. It's more it, it's, yeah, it's it very is, dry. It, it is, is a very dry comedy. It's more a
0: lot drier than most of his other like Blazing Saddles is all in out just. Joke and yeah. seeing the space balls is just like joke after joke. Yeah, producers is more of a dry comedy, but and at the same time, it the dryness isn't as dry because it was it's so outlandish like the whole out, outlandish idea of we're gonna make a musical about fucking Hitler. Mm. And even though it's like a dry, like the, they play it straight and dry, the whole thing is so outlandish. It's whereas like this idea in its, of itself, Young Frankenstein. Isn't really like, a out, like an outlandish idea because it's taking it. No, a,
1: it pretty much directly comes yeah. from Mary Shelley's um, Frankenstein. Frankenstein and the films, and then just kind of makes them into you know, oh, instead of you know, Doctor Frankenstein, the original, this is you know, his grandson. Yeah, and that,
0: and some of the tropes that play off of that. So. Yeah. So it, so yeah, I mean, it, it's this film is an, an amalgamation. Mm-hmm. It's just gathering from a bunch of different places. It has dry humor. It does have slapstick. It does have like you know straight out kind of like laugh out loud moments and parody.
1: It's pretty it, much got it all. You know, it's got yeah, it's got the slapstick. It's got the situational moments. It's got you know sexual innu- innuendo. Um, a lot of it's word, got Cloris Leachman. Play. Cloris <laughs> Leachman, who is really great, honestly, Cloris Leachman is really good, great as Frau Blucher uh, because of her... Basically because of her reactions to the situations. Because she's got to be the... You know, she's got to be <coughs> the, the, the Germanic woman who is just very intense in every scene and very, you know, very intense features, very intense <laughs> reactions, all of that. that
0: whole, the whole bit where, like, Gene Wilder's, like, ex- expositing, like, you did this, and she's playing the violin, like, Yes! And then you did this. Yes! Like, she's... Fantastic. It's great. That's the perfect moment. I know. It's great great work between, like, you know,
1: like, where you get, like, the... (laughs) And, and, you know, you expect that scene to go too long, but it never does. Like, they can do... She can do as many yeses as possible, because it just continues to just build. (laughs) The yeses get more ridiculous. The violin (laughs) swells get even... Crazier. It's it's a great moment. It's I. That's probably one of my favorite parts in in this film.
0: And Gene Wilder's reactions like perfect because he's the one asking the questions. Like, so you're the one that did this, and she's like, yes, and like, and then so because you did this, and she's like, yes. So it's like, so his whole react like both the react like her reaction is terrific. And then him at like the way he asked the question. In the over top man, like over the top yeah. manner, is like the it works so well. It's hilarious. it is that's like a great laugh out loud moment in this film. Is yeah, it's where it's hilarious.
1: Well, because you know Gene Wilder kind of goes from this like normal sane person, really with, trying to with bouts of like little bouts of insanity, like, yeah, like he little bouts of insanity. You know, he he's trying to get rid of that Frankenstein name. He's trying to adopt Frankenstein instead to, to kind of get rid of his grandfather's image. In uh, that, that part of the beginning of the film, you, kind of, you get that a lot. And um, over time, throughout Young Frankenstein, you see that he's kind of slipping more and more into the Frankenstein way. And I think that um, it works really well for Gene Wilder because he's really good at playing a straight man. And he's also he's, great, at, re, yeah. great at playing like a crazy, like guy. really out of you know control, you know person. What do you what do you like more about Gene Wilder in Young Frankenstein or like in his career in general? Do you like him more as the straight man or do you like him more like just going zany? I, I
0: think he, I think in a lot of his roles they're both because like as we have in the opening, yeah, uh, with Li- Willy which, Wonka, which is from Willy Wonka. That whole scene is a little out of touch with the rest of the film, Oh like <laughs> you have this father-like figure in Willy Wonka, but at the same time he doesn't like, isn't he like he's trying to give away his factor, but at the same time he sees people doing stupid shit and, fa- and he's like, no, please stop, don't like he, like you know he's like we he's weeding out the assholes, and then like when he gets to the boat ride, out of nowhere it's like this like crazy like total craziness that like is just out of nowhere because he's like. Says this poem and it builds and builds and he gets more and more like psychotic sounding, and they're like cut that out. And he's like, oh, we're here, and, and that's that's it, that's it. And then with like this film, in the beginning, he's a he's a scientist, he's a doctor, he teaches at like college, and he's trying, to, you know,
1: he's really, re- yeah, he's trying to get rid of that yeah. history that and people then you ha- and
0: for. he has a, a student ask him about his past, his grandfather's past, and all that, and he's. And he just, his rage builds up, and like, so you have him being, like, funny as a straight man, and as soon as, you know, he's getting pressed, he gets more and more aggravated and agitated, and then, like, he gets, you know, the craziness kind of slips in. I think he does both of them so well, because throughout this entire film, he plays a straight man very well, and then when he needs to be crazy and, like, kind of unhinged, it fits perfectly well, and it meshes. Terrifically together, it's very seamless. It doesn't feel like, yeah. oh, him going from, you know, from first gear to fifth gear doesn't seem so out of place. It totally, you know, you can see him, like the machinations going on there.
1: Yeah, I like that uh, the use of the name because, you know, for a while the the Frankenstein part is really just a, a gag. It's a running gag. You know, no, his name's not Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein, but. Throughout, you know, it, be, it becomes a bigger thing. It becomes a bigger like name of of namesake of pushing away the historical implications of what your forefathers have done, um, and I, it becomes more than just the like a, a running gag. Especially when he finally embraces embraces the Frankenstein name, adopts it, and uses it for himself,
0: and then tries to seek glory from it. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I I do like that because you know. Young Frankenstein still has a lot of the same themes that, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein has. It doesn't ditch those in favor of comedy, but at the same time, it's more of a satirical play on that to, to make it funny along with, you know, the reverence that's paying to that, the original, uh, stuff that, that Mary Shelley wrote. And then the universal adapted for its Frankenstein film. Um, But I would say that I think I like Gene Wilder more in that straight man role. I do, you know, in young Frankenstein, I prefer him in the beginning as he's kind of thrown into this new role of, uh, you know, going to the castle in Transylvania, um, inheriting all of that stuff from his grandfather. Um, I like him when he's first meeting like Igor, in those interactions that they have, especially, you know, about the hump about, yeah, about the hump, um, where his reactions are priceless, really, you know, just kind of, he, he allows the silence to play out, you know, that it, you, the, the audience realizes, wow, this is really, this is really awkward. You know, this is not, <laughs> and he just allows it to like, play out. Yeah, and so I that, love
0: that. As I was, was going to say, like, so you have like the great, like when he meets Igor, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm brilliant, because Igor has a hump on his back, and he's like, I'm a brilliant surgeon, get rid of that hump, and he, like, Igor's like, what hump? Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> and he doesn't immediately respond, yeah, he doesn't, he's, he, he's, yeah, like, he's, he's like, just, he's like, oh, God. You can kind of see they, the, the gears he's like, that. he's like, oh, he's like, oh, uh, nothing. And then the same thing, like, a couple minutes later, when they hop in the horse cart, he throws his bag in, and he hears a woman scream, he's like, what was that? And he's like, oh, it's Igna. And he, She's coming along for the ride. he's like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, what? And then you see Igna. And he's like, would you like to roll in the sea hay? And then she does, you know, the very famous,
1: roll, roll, roll in sea hay. And he's just like, "Like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, anyway, I, I love those moments. Because those are the ones that are more, you know, you find quite a bit within horror movies. You know, people thrown out of their element into this new weird situation and I think that he handles it really really well. I and I I love all of his straight man reactions to these these things. Now, um we we haven't really talked about Peter Boyle, who is the the monster, the creature. Uh Peter Boyle probably best known for his "Everybody Loves Raymond" role, <laughs> and just
0: help, waiting for Ray Romano and Doris—shit, uh... what's her last name? Roberts. I was just—I was oh, almost gonna say Leachman. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, I was just like expecting them to come out like, "What? What? What the hell, Raymond? You don't like your mother's lasagna?" That and sounds
1: it's... like more like Brad Garrett though.
0: No, because that no, because Brad Garrett'd be like. Mom made you lasagna, and she didn't make Mom me you lasagna. Mom made you lasagna. Yeah, I'm pissed off because she didn't make me lasagna, she made you
1: lasagna.
0: <laughs> that would be like...
1: Your you, would gotta, be, you, you that would, needs work because you're not nasally enough. I know, I'm not nasally enough. You're not enough. nasally enough.
0: But that would be our Everybody Loves Raymond episode. Yeah. It would be fucking Doris brings Ray lasagna. He doesn't eat it quick enough. Doris gets upset, then Peter was like, You don't love your mother?! And then fucking Brad Garrett would be like, I didn't get lasagna. And then...
1: And then, uh, that, then that would be the episode. And then, the, and Ray does something to piss off the wife. Yeah, and, you'd have Deborah come out, and then she'd be upset that... Uh, I could have made you lasagna. Yes, Doris Roberts made lasagna yeah, instead. Yeah, I could have made you lasagna. And I know you like and ricotta. And then definitely Doris Roberts would be like, well, you don't use the good ingredients. <laughs> yeah, we, we should have written for Everybody Loves Rain. It would have been a great... <laughs> it have been great pretty much the entirety <laughs> of an episode right there. <laughs> I actually do like it. I haven't seen, like, I haven't seen, like, every episode, but I, like, I remember, like, an, you in you high haven't school. You sat down on Netflix with Netflix and watched all 178 well, episodes. Well, no, it's, it's
0: getting taken off at the end of the oh, month. Oh, is it really? But, uh, no, I, I, in high school, I remember, like, flicking through the channels, like, when, like reruns being on TBS and watching it. and I'm like, eh, it's kind of, you know, it's enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I wouldn't,
1: like, be like, everybody loves Ravens. cover coming, like, I got to tune in. Like, we used to watch mm-hmm. it pretty religiously when I was younger. The
0: Ray Romano stand-up was pretty funny. Because I remember, like, as a kid, like, a young kid, like this is back when I've never they would stand up. They all. they like they used to air on Comedy Central. This is back when like the era like Norm Macdonald stand up and, like, and Bob Saget stand up and like David and Allen Greer stand up. Yeah. And Gallagher. Like I remember being like like thinking as you know he was pretty like so those like by the way though if you're not old enough to remember that those are the glory days of Comedy Central it was nothing but stand up. And then when 10 o'clock hit, or 11 o'clock, South Park came on, and then it was nothing but stand-up after that. I miss those days. Yeah. And then, like, Friday nights. Friday nights, like, when they got more programming. Friday nights would be nothing but stand-up. They'd have a half-hour special, like, uh, with David Allen Greer. And then he'd introduce, like, random comics, and come on and do, like, a like, seven-minute bit. And then they'd leave. And then they had, co- like, a bunch of, like, Comedy Central Presents, like, like stand-up specials. Fucking hilarious. I know this is off topic, but I miss that. I truly miss, like, Comedy Central actually playing stand-up. It's like with the History Channel. I wish, instead of having Aliens Man and fucking that Rick asshole in his goddamn pawn shop, they'd actually play documentaries like they used to on History. I love that. I don't want to hear about some fat ass in his pawn shop and be like, oh, I'm going to give you three fifty well let me call a guy and I, th- I i know a guy that can tell me more about this i'm gonna call i'm gonna call my friend <laughs> got a guy who knows
1: more about this yeah that that pisses me off She mad that's why i don't watch tv anymore <laughs> we're back to peter boyle as the monster um i i you know i think he does a good job for the limited role that he has you know he doesn't really have much of a speaking role Basically, just gets to mumble a bunch of mmm. He's
0: perfect. As, he but he is a perfect cast. He's
1: a, as, yeah, he's perfect. You know, they put a little like clogs on him, and he's great. Perfect monster. Like, who else are you gonna get to play a seven foot, yeah, giant? I even think like in just like like the like. I don't think he ever aged really. I mean, he, no, he looks no. He looks the same as he does in <laughs> Young Frankenstein, except with gray
0: hair instead. Of
1: <laughs> yeah, he looks the same. <laughs> Poor bastard. Yeah, he always looks like Frankenstein. Actually I think they made a f- couple references mm-hmm. to Frankenstein in Everybody Loves Raymond, honestly. I think like, you know, for Halloween episodes he'd be Frankenstein or something like that, you know? <laughs> what the fuck you looking at? <laughs> I don't think he said what No, fucking uh, Raymond. <laughs> well,
0: I could see it, like if everybody loved, loves Raymond was uncensored. Old yeah. Italian man like what the fuck you looking at? Yeah.
1: No, I love Peter Boyle. I was really sad when he passed away, actually, because you know, I did grow up with Everybody Loves Raymond. I did. I, I was love sad. It. Everybody Loves Raymond is kind of like comfort watch for me now. Like if, it, if I'm feeling upset, I'm gonna turn on TV Land and watch some Everybody Loves Raymond. Is it on TV Land? Now? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's yeah. how you
0: know it's getting old. Yeah. If it's on TV Land. Yeah,
1: it's on TV Land. No, I I was sad too when he died. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, I do like Peter Boyle, but um, I think he does a really good job with the with the monster. I love that putting on the Ritz tap dance routine you know
0: what would make it even I almost think now would like and I do think that whole bit's funny I think it'd even be funnier if he was actually like like at the end of the film like fluid speaking like him going like putting on the fritz yeah I think that would make it like even funnier or you know you can even say like if for something like totally out of Looney Tunes which I'm sure Mel Brooks likes the Looney Tunes, because I can see like that kind of humor connecting. Yeah. If he has him, like, instead of Gene Wilder joining him, he sends him out there, and he has him do like the frogs, like, hello, my baby, hello, my honey. Mm-hmm. Like, that would work hilariously. Like, that would yeah. work fan... Like, we're like, like do the Michigan ring. Yeah.
1: That would be hilarious, too. That would be funny. But, uh, I don't know. I, I love that part, that putting on the Ritz is great. I love... Where he just mumbles the rest of the line.
0: It's, no, it, that is funny because yeah, ha- because the whole thing is, it's just G- Basically, the whole bit's just Gene Dude, singing yeah, and, dancing, and dancing, and then when it gets to the chorus part, you just have going, and he just does like a little, like, like a very little move, and then like Gene picks up, and then he's like, <laughs> 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 it's great. It's, just... it, it's great because everyone's like, oh, like what a ma- like masterpiece of science that he's doing here. It's like. He's not like tapping like Gene. Is he's just kind of like (laughs) stumbling. He's barely
1: getting in the correct taps. I know he's
0: stumbling about like. I
1: know. It's funny. It's great. (laughs) How about Inga? Terry Gar playing Inga. Boobs, boobs. I think that she looks balling in this movie. Honestly, you want to have a very pretty have a roll in the hay with her. I would in the 70s. I certainly would. Oh, not not now? I don't know about now. Too afraid of that bush? I don't know. I don't know about now. <laughs> Pro- probably not. <laughs> probably not now. In 1974, though, definitely. I definitely would. But I think she's good, too, because she kind of plays the straight woman as well. And, uh... Yeah, no, she... Because uh, G- Gene does play between the straight and, like, the crazy guy. She's straight throughout the entire film. Yeah. She's pretty much you know, the straight woman and um, the biggest thing that she does is she kind of acts frightened and she's constantly providing that sexual innuendo uh, throughout the film. But really, that's 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 her job. That's her role. That's yeah. what she's supposed to do. As I
0: say, I think uh, like her most famous uh, line is either, would you like the role in the hay or when the whole the uh, knocking on the door yeah. and Gina uh, was like, what, knockers? And <laughs> she's like, oh, thank you, Doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Those are those are two great scenes. I love that. Um, how about um, well, we ha- we've got to talk about Kenneth Mars as Inspector Kemp because I think he does a really great job with that arm.
0: I I do think it's funny. That's oh. Such a fart. Though sad. all I could think of the entire time was like, man, they had like Peter Weller and not Peter, <laughs>
1: not Peter Weller, yeah.
0: not Robocop. Yeah. Uh, they had Peter Sellers. Peter
1: Sellers.
0: Like, I can just because you, you know Peter Sellers, so yeah. like, from Dr. Strangelove and, you know, the Pink Panther films. He, oh, God, that would be, like, comedy gold to have him walking, or, like, do uh, Grant, I'm not saying... I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, I I'm, think I'm, Kenneth I'm not, Mars does
1: a great job. I'm not anyway.
0: taking away from Kenneth Mars at all. I think he's, like, he does a spot-on great job, but... And he is hilarious, and, like, just the whole... How and I think the sound effects help tremendously oh, yeah. the sound too. Sound effects are great when, when like you hear him
1: like snapping his arm, you hear it sounds like a gear turn, like like. Yeah, they're like, like perfect. They're like spot on sound effects, and they're like right at the yeah. correct time. Yeah, it's great, and they and they fit so well. So I'm not like I said,
0: I'm not taking anything away from, but like, all I can think of too at the same time is like, man, if that was like like Peter Sell, like that would be like like the ultimate, like oh my god. But I thought, he, no, he was, and he doesn't have a lot of screen time either. Not really. He, but did, he does
1: make the best of,
0: but he job. is hilarious. And like, the like just the few, like when they're like talking to the village elders about Frankenstein possibly following in his father's footsteps and he's like, I shall go and visit him.
1: And he's like, you know, moving his arm back and forth, like, you know, he, he's confronting the mob, and he says a mob is a very ugly thing. A riot's right,
0: a very yeah. ugly thing, so let's... <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's about time we've had one. It's. A, I, I think he did a really great job. And it's, it's such a weird, like, character for this film. Doesn't fit in. Doesn't fit in, like, at all, because for the most part, you have a lot of characters that fit within the Frankenstein universe, mostly from the universal monsters. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, um... Uh, Madeline Kahn, who plays Elizabeth, who's at first uh, Gene Wilder's fiance, which she like is always
0: found funny because at the same, this film supposed to take place in like the seventies, but at the same time she looks like she was like ripped out of a silent, like you know, like she's like a, she does, yeah, like a like a late twenties like silent film star, yeah. So like that you hit, like that dichotomy between like the new and the old,
1: yeah. But, um, you have, you have Elizabeth who's, you know, she was Dr. Frankenstein's fiance. Um, but then she, she kind of goes and, and sleeps with, well, actually she's technically raped by the Franken, uh, Frankenstein's monster until she likes it and kind of accepts it. <laughs> um, but, uh, she, you know, she, she has her hair turned gray because of that. She, because she's captured by the monster she she ultimately becomes uh, the bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, the bride yeah. of Frankenstein. So that's pulled from you know characters within the Universal Monster universe. But Inspector Kemp, I don't really know where that comes from. Honestly, I don't know what the idea, like where that idea came from. Maybe well, maybe what? it's
0: maybe it's from like
1: like the fourth Wolfman film or something like that. Have, where no. like
0: no one's paying attention at that point cuz I, I don't i don't know either if someone no if someone could enlighten us please like will you from like the, it's in the third
1: frankenstein film the yeah. son of frankenstein if you remember the one bit it's like yeah no i don't <laughs> but i mean i would love to yeah i'd love to hear where that came from cuz i don't know maybe it's on the special features maybe it's on like the audio commentary on your... No, nah, i don't think there is an audio commentary available no, is there? Yeah. maybe it's on the audio commentary you have to watch it how about marty feldman as igor hilarious i love him Love it so much because he's he, he, always breaking the fourth wall. Not only that, like
0: that not, not only that, he's like like somebody you would like like John Cleaser, um you know like Graham Chapman from Monty Python. Mm-hmm. He's got like that Monty Python humor esque about him, right? Like throughout the entire film, and it's just like 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 I said, like with the whole like when, the bit where Gene Wilder like grabs him on the back. He's like, oh, I'm grabbing his hump, and he's like. Oh, I get to fix that. Wood like, hump.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's like,
0: oh. Yeah. And, is... and and the humor doesn't really start picking up until, like, you meet Igor, too. Yeah. Like, like yeah, there's funny bits when, like, because the first part you have Gene Wilder and his class talking about science and stuff, and there are some humor, like, little humorous bits, but they're not, like, you can almost tell, like, like the film's playing it pretty straight even though it's got humorous bits, but then once he gets to Transylvania... And he meets Igor. That's where it's, you know, totally picks up in its humor. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I I think he's he he's he's great in that part. I like how they break the fourth wall quite a bit. You know, he stares at the camera. You know, he references. His eyes are so
0: bu- so buggy. Yeah, it's it's great too. This part, like cause his hump keeps changing throughout the scenes <laughs> on which side it is. And you eventually have Gene Wilder ask him, like, "Isn't your hump on the other side?" He's like. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, he's like it's on. The- oh, oh, never mind. Because throughout the entire film, he's changing it. I was I I read online actually. I don't know if it's true or not, but I re- I did read online. Apparently, Murray Feldman would constantly change this where his hump was until somebody would notice <laughs> and then that it was on the other side, and that's how that got in the film. Huh? That like and they're not supposed to be like nope. <laughs> Huh. And if that's true. That's hilarious. That is funny. That's like that is a great like great it's idea. Like, great like I'm gonna like like, like, yeah. like I'm gonna fucking change that. up.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, I you know I love the touches where they add in like his little horn solos because that's <laughs> so ridiculous. And there's that one whole scene where uh, Gene Wilder's playing the violin and he's playing the entire song, entire song. And you can just see Igor warming up, like you're just getting like his he, horn ready. Like he, like he's, he's like, like dying to get it, ready to play a full tune, and then he just plays a <laughs> couple bars and he's done. And that's it. That was his part. I like that so much. There's a lot of good, like su- like very small touches like that that are throughout. I think they ha- literally had one guy, like probably creating dry ice for this entire because f- like the fog <laughs> everywhere is just like this is your job, dry ice guy. Carried around <laughs> on set. But, um, anything else that you want to talk about um, specifically? Um, Gene Hackman's cameo. Gene Hackman comes in there. He's a blind guy. I don't think he's credited either. I No, he's definitely not in the opening credits credited. I, I don't think he is at the end credits no, either. No, you don't think so? Because I... I know because I was looking at the opening credits to see if there's anybody else that I really recognized in here, and I know I did not see him in uh, the um, opening credits, but I I didn't know. You know I don't know about the the um, the rest of the credits. Yeah, I don't see him don't on here. Actually, oh yes, there he is, uh, credited pretty far down as the blind man. I don't know if he's technically credited. I didn't see him when I was watching the credits. It doesn't say uncredited, but, so he must be credited. But
0: he, his bit's hilarious. Yeah. Just, like, him playing the blind man, being like, Oh, dear Lord, please give me company before I die. And Peter Boyle breaks saying He's like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, You must be hungry. Have some soup. And he's a blind man. And Peter Boyle is holding the bowl, and he sees the ladle moving back and forth. <laughs> he's trying to get it in the bowl, and he keeps missing, and it like you know burns
1: him on the crotch. And he's like, Rrr! and he's like, oh, so you're mute. <laughs> there's a great, yeah, there's a that that's a great scene where he gets the wine and he thinks, okay, well, I'm all set. You know, you can see yeah. the, <laughs> the the joy the like joy after, in his face, after, after, like oh, I've got some wine now. Like and after I'm all mis- set. like after missing, like getting the soup,
0: he's like. Oh, I get that. And he's like, he's like, cheers. And Hackman hits his cup and breaks his cup. And he's just like, you can see Peter Paul just being like, fuck. Like, yeah.
1: Like, oh. I love that. Yeah. That's a great, great role that Gene Hackman got. And it's unfortunate that probably not a lot of people. I didn't recognize him when I saw him. Honestly. He's a young Gene Hackman. A great
0: Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman's a great actor.
1: He's young. He's one of my favorites. He's young there. Um any, anything else that you got? You got anything else? I don't I don't really. Um We talked a lot about, you know, the the comedy within this and and I mean how would you rate it? in comparison to, like, the rest of Mel Brooks' films or Gene Wilder's films, like... Um, I would
0: definitely say it's up there. Like I said, I... Um, if we're gonna get to our overall film rating... Yeah. Um, I would probably give it a 9 out of 10. And, that, and that's because, like, like for me, Blazing Saddles is a 10 out of 10. Uh. And maybe one day we'll get to that film. But like, but like that, to me, is one of the... Like I said, it's one of my top five, like, favorite comedies of all time. hmm Um... I think this film is great. I think it's hilarious. Though it is dry at some points, but I do love my dry humor. Um, I think it's well acted throughout, through by everybody. I think the attention to detail that Mel Brooks put into...
1: Yeah, the detail is really high. With,
0: with like, the homage to the 30s and 40s chillers of Universal monster films is fantastic. Like, it, if you watch this film in the black and white, it, if you knew nothing about it except, yeah. like, you could, this film could easily like be taken from like is it like like a, like a Marx Brothers like like if the Marx Brothers Rabbit did and Costello oh yeah Rabbit and Costello did like yeah. a, like a comedy based off of Frankenstein they
1: did they met Frankenstein and, well, know, yeah, I,
0: I, yeah it's a, no I I know they did but like like you could easily like like, yeah, totally, they, like totally fits within that yeah so except with like more adult humor which yeah, you wouldn't you,
1: see you back, wouldn't really see in the censored in the you versions. know in the thirties and forties yeah. but.
0: With that being said, the, the Mel Brooks's direction is, is so fantastic, so well done. Such a, like a perfect homage. Like I, like I said, I consider it more of an homage than a parody. Because yes, it does parody, but at the same time, like it does, it pays such great detail and attention and love to those other films. I think it's more of an homage. Yeah, I like just just by like just by watching, like I said, like. The, but from the sets from the costume designs from like all of that and the musical score and the credit like like I said the opening credits and Mm -hmm. the end like it's perfect perfect so yeah I I can't praise this film enough again I love this film I love most of Mel Brooks' films Um, I think this is definitely something everybody should watch whether you have seen Universal horror films from the 30s and 40s, or not? I think it's something you should watch and experience. Because to... even if you haven't, you can watch it, laugh. Even though like some, maybe some of the jokes might hit, not hit with you because you haven't experienced those other films. Mm. But you'll, you at least you'll be able to take away. If you never have any interest in watching like the original Frankenstein, the original Dracula, yeah. Wolfman, the Mummy. You'll at least be able to connect to them. Like that's what that was like.
1: That's true. I agree. So Yeah. That's my two piece. My two cents. I'd probably give it a nine out of ten as well. It's a it's a really good film. And uh, it's a it's a classic. So if you haven't had it if you haven't seen it, you need to.
0: And and again I I, I do think out of all the not out of all the actors, I do think Gene Wilder is the best in this. I think his going between the straight man and the crazy man is great. Yeah, it is like the great little scenes of just like him being like, no matter what I say or whatever I do or how much I beg, don't let me out. And then he goes into the room. And he's like, God, let me out, please. I was joking. I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. Let me out. Like it's per. It's hilarious. Like he he can turn like turn on a dime with that, like, those kind of characters. Yeah. And I think it's shown magnificently in this. And plus this film was co-written by him, which, was, as I was telling you, was originally his idea, and he had to convince Mel Brooks to do the film, like yeah. direct and write it with him, because Mel Brooks originally didn't want to do it. Which makes it, you know, that more of a credit to Gene Wilder for having that kind of uh, vision.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, So, just want to end with uh, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, Gene Wilder passed away and uh, we wanted to dedicate this this episode as a tribute to him. So uh, thanks for all of the uh, great films that you put out, Gene Wilder. Thanks for all of the uh, the writing and directing that you did. Because he did direct and write Haunted Honeymoon. That was one of the ones that he actually did both on. Um, So thank you. And uh, I'm sure that Everybody who saw your films appreciates them, and hopefully they live on in history.
0: Well, this one is it's a, definitely yeah. this one will. This one's in the library. This one's in the Library of Congress. So that's right. Yeah,
1: they'll they live f- on. Sit a vault somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure, there will be a hundred different Blu-ray versions of it.
0: I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> know. As
0: much as I'd love to see something like that, I don't know about that. Yeah.
1: But, uh, so, thanks, Gene Wilder. Thank you. Um, so, that's it for this week's episode of Blood and Black Crumb Podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, you can check us out on our, our new webpage, which is Um That's where we're going to post all of our big updates, and you should definitely check it out. You can follow us because it's a WordPress website. Uh, we're also on iTunes Come and uh, subscribe to us Give us a nice review Hopefully it's 5 stars If not, please uh, please let us know Why it's not 5 stars So we can make things better for you um, Also, we're on SoundCloud Which is where we first post out All of our musics, <laughs> music, music Tracks, really uh, So if you, uh, you Want to check out that SoundCloud You can also follow us on there You'll get the, uh, the track before anyone else does so, we're on pretty much every single, uh, you know, podcast site that you can think of to stream. So, check us out if you use anything else, like Stitcher. We're on there. Uh, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash bloodandblackrumpodcast. Come chat with us. I'm always checking out that, that Facebook page. So, someone will respond to you. Um, we have Twitter. Well, I have Twitter. It's uh, at Ryan, R-Y-N-E, T-M-I-A-D-W. Uh, you can tweet me and let us know about what you thought about the episode. If you have anything to add about uh, Young Frankenstein. Uh, if you want to tell Martin anything, I will certainly pass it on. I do read the comments on the WordPress site. Yeah. So And I will gladly respond. Excellent. Got no problem with that. That's great. Um, and we also have an email... Uh, it's Podcast at gmail.com. You can email us with any uh, your questions, comments about our episodes. If you have anything to add. If we got anything wrong on an episode, please let us know so that we can correct it. And if you have a recommendation for any film that you want us to cover or even TV show or video game, we will certainly take that into consideration. Love to hear from you. Uh, and uh, the final thing is we also have uh, what's called a Patreon page and Patreon is a recurring payment system where you can contribute and help fund our podcast episodes because podcasting is actually kind of expensive. We have to pay for hosting, we have to pay for um, the website itself and it becomes an expensive hobby basically and you can help us with that. Patreon is... Is a donation website where you can donate any sum of money, uh, and most of the time that is going to come out per episode. So if you donate two dollars, you're going to donate two dollars per episode. So just keep that in mind because we do post weekly, and that's going to probably be about fourteen dollars a month. So uh, you know, certainly use Patreon if you want to do a recurring payment system. We certainly. Would appreciate it because it would help with our hosting fees but if not you can also do a one-time PayPal uh, that PayPal is Ryan P. at gmail.com and we will uh, be very appreciative if you donate any sort of monetary allowance to us um, and I, like I said before you know it is expensive to to do podcasting so any support from you definitely helps us create more episodes of the podcast. We're definitely not going to use it for anything else besides podcasting. That's for sure. Cocaine. <laughs> to fuel our beer habit, maybe, I guess. Oh, but
0: I think we got a coke habit coming but, up. Now. That's true. That's true.
1: Uh, so, anyway, thank you for listening to episode 35 of the Blood and Black Rum podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoy Young Frankenstein because it is a great movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, please check it out. Thanks for listening to us. And we'll see you next time.